Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Gennari. Today, we are speaking with Caroline Holke, and she is the Drink Less Coach. Thank you so much for joining us, Caroline. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on here. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So I want to introduce Caroline because she's got a really interesting topic that I think a lot of us women can relate to and maybe benefit from. So Caroline had a pretty good life on paper, happily married, two kids, leadership position in corporate marketing, good friends and family, but she wasn't quite happy and knew that it started with her relationship with alcohol. Today, she is a drink less coach. She helps women get rid of the shitty parts of drinking. And this doesn't mean that they quit drinking, but that they can create a life that they wouldn't dream of numbing out of. Most people focus on what to do to cut back on their drinking. Caroline has a skill for helping her clients tease out what thoughts are driving their drinking in the first place. She teaches her clients how how to apply critical thinking skills to their own thinking because addressing the habit at the root cause is what helps create create sustainable change. Very interesting. I love it. <laughs> so let's dive into this topic because it's it's something that I think we all question a little bit, you know, as mom, as entrepreneur, you know, oh, I'll have a glass of wine to kind of unwind down at the end of the night and oh, maybe yeah. two. <laughs> right, right. And well, I mean, you wake it, up and you feel kind of shitty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and, and look at what all the messages that we receive mm. through our friends, family, parents, TV, yeah. movies. I mean, all of it. It's like, oh, yeah. Everybody comes home and has a glass of wine or a bottle, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Well, and, and it's those weeknight drinking things, you know, got some friends over, they're hanging out, we're talking, and you're mindlessly drinking. That's mm-hmm. the part where I feel like we get caught up in it is that you're not counting, oh, I've had three glasses of wine. Oh, I've had two mixed drinks. Like you're not really counting it up. You're just right. like, you just feel really bad at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Or the next morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So tell me what led you down this path. I'm fascinated. Yeah. So I, um, I'll start from like the beginning, I would say I was, um, I was raised by in a society that, I mean, everybody was big, they were all big drinkers Mm -hmm. and, and it's not like a, these terrible things happened to me. My my parents loved me. They still love me. You know, Um, (laughs) it was all, everybody was having a good time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what it is. That was the message that I received is, in order to have a good time, drinking was involved. Yeah. And, you know, to be sophisticated, to be grown up, to be whatever, to have a good time, drinking was involved. Yeah. And I definitely absorbed that message. Uh, right. No question. Went through college. Of course, college is a very, typically, it's heavy drinking stage, yeah. um, you know, time of life for sure. And my drinking definitely cut back quite a bit when we had, when I had children and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of running around with them and all that stuff. I think that that is, that is pretty typical, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like the energy (laughs) 
involved with these these little creatures. Right. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, I will say that I do hear a lot of people that will say, you know, to your point earlier, like, I just need something to relax at the end of the day. Like, mm-hmm. I'm tired. Right. Um, and I think that's independent of life stage. Right. But right. Um, I know that for me in, in general, there were a couple kind of milestone moments for me. Um, my brother died by suicide. Um, sorry. I thank you. I had, I had some, I had been dealing with some significant health issues myself Mm -hmm. and my husband was having some health issues. It was just like, you know, it's not one thing and there's a bunch of things. So they're like, the foundation is everybody drinks, right? Drink to have fun. You layer on this stuff about, oh, it also helps to relax. Right. And, um, then, these additional stressors. And all of a sudden I found that I was just drinking more than I intended to more often than I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's so interesting when you get to that point, because I mean, nobody would say that I have a drinking problem or that I had a drinking problem. In fact, a lot of people, you know, think that it's like everything that I've done is just kind of dumb. Right. Right. Um, I had, I had not been drinking for almost two years and my stepfather didn't even realize it. So like, just just as an indicator. Um, So, but I knew, right. Right. Like I knew that I felt like I was driving with the emergency brake on. Mm, Okay. So I continued to get promoted at work and, you know, do projects and have successful relationships and everything. But I knew internally that things were just kind of off. Right. So one of the things that I say is that you don't have to wait until you have a drinking problem per se mm-hmm. to get help with your drinking. Right. Like and to like have a problem, have a personal problem with the consequences of your drinking. Right. Absolutely. And so it, it may sound a little nuanced, it may sound a little whatever, but to me that made sense. Mm-hmm. And um and there was you know there were a number of events that I was like, Ooh, that doesn't feel good. I don't want to do that again kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think like everything came to a head for me. It was, I was at a, um, I was at a work meeting. We were in London. It was a big night. Everybody was out. Just everybody was drunk. And I, um, and I'm, I'm telling the story specifically because it's work related and I like kind of your messaging regarding like what we do as women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and this is actually the first time I've shared this on a podcast. So I'm going to say this, okay. there was a, a male colleague who started hitting on me mm-hmm. and it was late night and, you know, I pushed him away and everything, but it was still one of those things where I woke up the next morning and I was like, this is not cool. Like yeah. I need to make sure that I'm, I, I definitely have my wits about me. I was fine. I, you know, nothing happened again, yeah. but you know, what if I had had that extra shot? What if right. I had, you know, like then the brain starts going to uh, all the, what ifs, all that catastrophizing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, you know, this guy continues to get promoted and I'm certainly not going to tell anybody at work, heaven forbid, even Mm -hmm. though HR says, oh, you should say this stuff, whatever. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. But yeah. um, Yeah. And that next morning I woke up and I said, "Mm -mm, that's not cool. Well, okay. It was late morning. 
And I downloaded a book and I read that on the way home mm-hmm. um, from London. I started kind of doing my own research. I started, um, you know, just kind of tuning into some things that I could do. I forgot to mention an important important part. My brother had been in rehab. He'd been in rehab since I was in high school, basically the first times that he'd gone through. So I was very familiar with the AA Mm -hmm. model of abstinence only. Um, So I knew that. And I was, and I also knew that where I was, that it wasn't appropriate for AA. I I felt like they would laugh me out. Right. Um, and so I started, I started listening to podcasts and reading books and mm-hmm. just kind of tuning into the things that are available. And I found a coach who was talking about stop over drinking. And I said, ding, 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 that's it. Yeah. Like, I don't want to stop drinking. I just want to stop the overing part. Right, right. <laughs> well, and that's what I, I love your topic as the drink less coach. You're yeah. not the, you know, go into complete, you know, an utter like abstinence from drinking and, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're going to totally get rid of it. That's right. not your point. Your point right. is stop numbing yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and stop yeah. putting yourself in predicaments. And yeah. I think as women, and this is where, you know, I have been in those predicaments as well, work-related function, everybody's drinking, mm-hmm. and, you know, your inhibitions come down. Mm-hmm. And here's where it becomes tricky is if I'm drinking as a woman and a man is hitting on me, I may not have the same sensibilities to be able to walk away, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm probably going to be a little slower in my reaction time. Something bad could happen to me. You know, I don't have my wits about me. I don't have that, you know, guard up that says, Hey, this isn't right. You know, your Mm -hmm. inhibitions are lowered too. And Mm -hmm. even if you don't do anything with that, you know, that hitting on you phase, um, it's, it's enough if you're even engaging in it, that the rumors could start, yeah. the, you know, and, and if something were to happen, you know, God forbid somebody takes advantage of you as, as a woman right there, you lose your defense of, you know, well, Hey, I was intoxicated, you know, and, right. and all of a sudden it's, it's judged harshly on the women, even more so I would say than the men. That it's our fault. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that we like that we we let them on. We mm-hmm. we asked for mm-hmm. it. You know, we mm-hmm. were drinking. We weren't mm-hmm. really we weren't really pushing them away the way we could have. There wasn't a hard right. no. You know, whatever right. that right. is, and it just puts yourself into predicaments. And I mm-hmm. think that's where I can really get behind this whole idea because I've seen it over and over and over again. In these oh, yeah, absolutely. especially with people who travel. Mm-hmm. I was just having this conversation the other day with somebody and it's like, golly, you know, like when you travel for work, you see how, mm, <laughs> how do I say this nicely? You see infidelity right in front of you and, you know, it's, it's just you, you people just don't talk about it, right? right. It's, you know, what happens wherever stays wherever and yeah. it's a terrible mindset, but at the same time, alcohol is typically involved in those decisions. So, you know, if you can pull yourself out of that over drinking phase, you know, have a glass of wine and then stop there. And then, you know, you have your wits about you. You can make, you know, good functional decisions for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot so, of people believe that they need to, um, you know, I, I was coaching somebody just last week about how um, a lot of the 
a lot of the networking and stuff occurs mm-hmm. after the meetings. And oh, so yeah. you're at dinner, you're at the bar, you're wherever. And a lot of the learning does occur there. Yeah. And, um, and I agree with that to a certain degree. Yes. Um, my, my position is what does it matter? What's in the glass? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody's asking you, Hey, is there vodka in their club soda? Right. <laughs> right? Totally. It could just be club soda. Totally. Right. Totally. hundred percent. Totally. So, you know, you, you talk about, you know, you can still have fun minus the drinking. So let's talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, from my perspective, I have more fun. I am less worried that I'm going to say something wrong or that I'm mm-hmm. going to, um, you know, whatever. I know for sure that when I say something wrong, I'm just saying something wrong. I'm not, nobody's going to come back and say, oh, you were drunk. Right. Because I wasn't. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, right. You're less likely acting, to make an ass right. out of yourself. <laughs> well, or, or if I'm acting silly, I'm just acting silly. Right, That's, exactly. That legitimately is me. It's not because mm-hmm. I'm drunk. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I have felt that it is easier for me when I'm not drinking, when I'm drinking less. Um, I know for sure that so often I used to believe that it was a connector Mm. and, you know, late nights and my girlfriends and I were, you know, we'd be out and have that last bottle of wine and we're sharing it and telling our deep, dark secrets. Well, Mm -hmm. I mean, if nobody can really remember them, does that really, I mean, <laughs> the secret stays within you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. really count. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I know for sure. I, um, I think so many times, you know, through the years of times where I'm like, probably could have stopped after that one, you know, yeah. but the next one, that's the one that did me in, you know, mm-hmm. whether it made me act a little stupid or it was the one that caused the worst hangover <laughs> or the, but right. you know, there's, there's health things, you know, like I'm getting older and, you know, we're, we're all aging, you know, there's, there's so many health benefits to cutting back on alcohol, you know, the calories, number one, that's, that's for sure. The calories Mm -hmm. are significant. The sugar, Mm -hmm. um, the amount of sugar that's in alcohol, it just, that's what really does you in the next day for the hangover is that, you know, you're on a huge sugar rush and then the next day you are without sugar and now you feel like crap. Yeah, it's the dehydration that the really, dehydration. Yeah. really, really um, does everybody. And and I think particularly for women, because we have mm-hmm. more body fat, so there's mm-hmm. less, um, we have less bo- water in our system, less hydration in our system to begin with. And so yeah. um, it can impact us even more. And, and then you add the aging on. Yeah. And so that becomes, it's more dehydrating, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. I teach a uh, an alcohol awareness class for my company. Um, mm-hmm. We provide event staff and security for large venues. And one of the certifications that we have for all of our staff is called TEAM, which is Techniques and Effective Alcohol Management. Mm-hmm. And it really helps me and our, our staff to understand um, how to deal with somebody who is intoxicated. And then mm-hmm. also how to see that, you know, somebody who's having certain things, whether it's slurring words or, you know, um, problems with stability, it, it may not be alcohol at all, it could be some something medical. Yeah. And so it just kind of yeah. teaches us to be aware of what those signs and symptoms are of intoxication. Mm-hmm. And then also to address them in a productive way, because, yeah. you know, not everybody who's drinking is going to be receptive to right. <laughs> suggestions right. on how to mm-hmm. behave. And yeah. so, you know, it really helps us. But 
Um, but yeah, learning that is, 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 Mm -hmm. is important because you start learning like, you know, as you know, somebody who's 21 versus somebody who's 51, you would think the the 21 year old is going to have better ability to metabolize alcohol, but it's not true. The 50 uh, or excuse me, the 51 year old who has a higher tolerance is going to be able to metabolize alcohol better, but it's not true. The 21 year old will because our livers start to take a a major toll over the years. Yeah. And so, you know, everything from our liver, our skin, our, you know, our blood, our brain, all of it, it really kind of starts to make a a big impact in our lives. Absolutely. I mean, and there are studies that are now showing the connection with cancer too. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's scary. There's there's some countries in Europe that are contemplating, including, um, have you seen, it's not as much in the US, but in other places where they've got those pretty dire pictures on cigarettes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're, there's consideration of including that kind of warning on alcohol in in the Scandinavian countries. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So what benefits have you seen in cutting back on drinking? Well, getting rid of the shitty parts. Absolutely. Um, You know, the, um, so benefits, I would say, I do feel like I'm much more connected when I go out and when I'm with people, because I'm with people. I'm not, thinking about when the waiter is going to come back and fill the glass. I'm not thinking about, you know, I haven't kind of, um, I'm not numbed out. I'm there and I'm present. And I remember the conversation the next day. And if I don't remember it, that's, you know, that's okay. I'm not supposed to remember every single detail. That's fine. Um, That is, I guess, one thing that came up to me. um, You know, my kids would say, oh, well, I told you last night or something like that. And Mm. it was a little bit hazy. Now, mm-hmm. when they tell me that, I'm like, Ugh, well, I'm 53, so whatever. I, I, mean, <laughs> right, I can't right, remember right. everything. Or right. you probably told me when I had my phone in my hand, and you're you didn't really want me to know, right? right? Like right, they right. know these kids mm-hmm. know. This. Yes. Um. So I have. I would love to say that I've lost weight. I have not. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, I hear <laughs> There's you. also the age thing in there, yeah. but whatever. I probably mm-hmm. would have gained more. Okay, how about that? Right. Um. I just feel better. I yeah. just feel better. I really do. And yeah. um, I I will say that in the beginning, I, I really considered it a superpower when I would go out to work, meet, when I would have work happy hours and stuff. Yeah. Because it's really clear when you're the fly on the wall, or not the fly on the wall, but when you're more observant of what's happening, right. everybody starts getting sloppy pretty quickly, actually. And they lose the ability to, to connect the dots. Mm. Whereas- when you still are totally with it, when you're still totally like seeing everything for what it is, mm-hmm. then it's so easy. And yeah. It's like, Ooh, that's really smart. I'm like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this, yeah. Is my, this is my advantage here. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell me, what are the other steps to getting rid of the shitty parts of drinking? Because I like how you say that because it's so accurate. But mm-hmm. yeah, tell me, tell me what steps you take um, to get rid of those parts of drinking. Yeah, exactly. And I wouldn't like before I get into that, I will say that I I'm intentionally I thought about that phrasing um, intentionally because the shitty parts of drinking are different for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Like 
for some people, they can have a glass of wine and they're totally fine. For some people, they right. can have two glasses of wine and they're totally fine. You know, everybody's going to be a little bit different. Right. Some people mm -hmm. will say, I only want to drink on the weekends. I don't right. want to drink during the week. Or I don't want to drink as a response to stress. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, so it's going to be different for everybody. I'm not the oracle that says you should drink, whatever. I, I, I That's way too much responsibility. That's not like, that's not my deal. Right. Um, but I believe that everybody, everybody does know what's right for them. It's just been kind of, it's just kind of buried. And so getting into that inner wisdom, getting into, um, kind of unlocking that part is what, yeah. what I can help my clients do. But you asked what the steps are. So first and foremost, I mean, there are some tactics that we utilize, some strategies and some tactics that we do. Um, and that is we plan out what we're going to drink 24 hours in advance. The reason okay. for that is because we're utilizing the prefrontal cortex, the executive oh, part of our okay. brain, rather than responding to an urge, which is always coming from our primitive brain. Mm -hmm. So I, I like to make fun of our cat, Ernie, who is nor, I think he was in the background a little while ago, but <laughs> um, Ernie loves having his treats, you know, uh -huh. and he normally gets them after dinner. Well, during COVID, we were all here. We're in, the, we all ate meals together. Ernie was a little confused. He's like, well, you guys are here. So do I get a treat after breakfast and after, <laughs> and after all the snacks? And right. so um, so he developed a habit too, mm -hmm. as did we, right? So he responds to that urge just like we do. Right. Totally right. normal. Now for us, we have urges typically, normally it's not after breakfast. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a different category. <laughs> right. Um, but you know, after dinner or when coming home from work or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you plan that 24 hours in advance. Your executive brain typically does not write down. I mean, you write it down. Your your executive brain typically does not say, I'm going to drink two bottles of wine tomorrow night. No. Right? <laughs> right. Just not normal. a good executive brain. That it doesn't. Executive brain. <laughs> right. I mean, there are exceptions, of course, but whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and so planning it ahead is important. And then you kind of review that before you start drinking. Like, why have I decided to drink this? Whatever it is, that's totally fine. Right. We're all adults here. You you are sure. allowed to drink whatever you want to drink. Right, like, right, right. The worst thing we can do is put restrictions on, on it because then all of a sudden it's like, I want to rebel against it. Mm. And then what I advise my clients to do is think about that. It's really not as important the number of drinks that you put on there as it is, I want to become somebody who keeps her, his or her word to themselves. Uh-huh. Yes. Like that's why it's important. Right. Right. Like this is what I decided. This is what I want to stick to. And then after that, the next day you look at it and you say, was I able to stick to my plan? Why or why not? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what was I thinking if I did? What was I thinking if I didn't? What, what can I learn from it? Right. Most people don't want to do that part. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. But I feel like there's gold there. Yeah, there really is. Mm -hmm. Because if you can do that, you can do incredible other things. You know, right. I've right. always said that I don't want anything to have more control over me than I have of it. Yep. And so, you know, I noticed that, you know, with people who have addictions or, you know, and, and what I find is that a lot of things can take that form, whether it's work, whether it's, you know, uh, kids, whether it's, you know, and so I try to be very intentional about my life. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, you do as much as you possibly can. There's going to be things, you know, there's going to be things that come up, but if you can be intentional, I like the intentionality about yeah. planning, you know, what yeah. you're going to drink and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and how yeah. much of it and being accountable. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that goes back to that, you know, have it letting some something have control of yourself more than you do, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. smoking, drugs, whatever that might be, right. you right. know, alcohol falls right into that. So, if you can be intentional with it, then you are controlling it. It is not controlling you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then, and and so often, what I found is um, that we are we are utilizing an external substance in order to basically buffer our negative emotions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like I, like, I don't want to feel that urge. I don't want to feel the deprivation. I don't want to feel the boredom, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a drink. And so recognizing that that's all internally generated. Yeah. Like those feelings are not coming from so-and-so pouring a drink. Right. That's coming from the interpretation that I have about it. And that's where it kind of goes into the mindset work is like recognizing that we are taught, we are taught how to apply critical thinking skills to other things, whether that be literature or art or whatever it is, or, you know, whatever we, we are taught how to do that. We do not do that as a regular practice with our own thinking. Mm-hmm. We believe yeah. the thoughts that come into our head. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think so much of that, you know, when it comes to drinking, a lot of drinking is mindless. You know, it's not, it's, you know, when you're talking about like fine arts and the things that you were talking about, there's an appreciation for it in the moment. And with drinking, many times there's not, it's Mm -hmm. mindless. It's, Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's habitual or it's, you know, you're doing it while you're talking or while you're watching TV or watching a football game or whatever that is. But are you really enjoying that moment? Right. Or are you just mindlessly doing a habit? Yep. Yeah. And and to just to build on that point, it's like, I'm not, I'm not thinking about, I'm believing the fact that because I grew up with, um, in a society that believes that drinking equals fun, that Mm -hmm. I can only have fun when I'm drinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. absolutely. And so recognizing that that is not a universal truth. Right. And that I can, I actually can, and do have a life where I, I actually have more fun. Mm, yeah. And you're, you're present for it, right? You're engaged right. and you're intentional. Right. Yeah. Right. And then I yeah. can wake up the next morning and feel great. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And we don't have all the wrinkles from dehydration. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So that's really fascinating. So um, I'm sure you inspire people all the time and what you're talking about, because it is something that I feel like we all have this underlying, like, do I have a problem? Do I not have a problem? I like to enjoy a glass of wine at night before I go to bed or, mm-hmm. you know, or we justify it with, well, it's me time, you know, but, mm-hmm. and, and, and I used to do that. Like, this is me time. This is, mm-hmm. this is time for me. And I want to enjoy a glass of wine. Well, mm-hmm. you know, is it really for me? Because is it benefiting me? It's, it's dehydrating me. It's calories. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I'd probably get just as much enjoyment out of, you know, a little bit of ice cream or something else. But, you know, that that me time could also be a bubble bath. You know, it could Mm -hmm. be something that doesn't involve alcohol. Yeah. And that's really genuinely paying yourself back with, you know, de-stressing is something that's good for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think about it like 
finding activities, finding things that will that will feel good, not just while you're doing them, but afterwards. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So tell me who inspires you? I know that, you know, you you've inspired so many people through this process. I'm I'm positive of that. So tell me who inspires you. Um, I have a couple of mentors that I look up to. Brooke Castillo is um, my, she's the head of the life coach school, which is where I got my certification. So certainly her. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I will say actually my aunt Peggy, who's always been really special to me has, has always, I always looked up to her. That's awesome. Okay. Very cool. So as women, we often give our power away, whether that's to, you know, somebody who criticizes us or somebody who takes credit for something that we've done and we don't stand up for ourselves. Can Mm -hmm. you tell me about a time that you gave your power away and then another time that you stepped back into your power? Yeah, I think that um, I can't think of a specific example, but I will tell. So I'm going to give you more of a macro situation. I think that for me, for the longest time, I outsourced that feeling of validation to other people, whether that be parents or teachers or bosses or men in general. And, um, and outsourcing validation Mm -hmm. is highly perishable. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cause they, they decide to take it away. It crushes us. Well, and even when they do give it, then we kind of don't even really believe it. Right. Like it, it just lands yeah. for a second. Yeah. <laughs> like really are you, you know, highly perishable. So, um, when, once I figured out that that was going on, a, mm. that that was going on and that I could do something about it, then I figured out, um, that I could start telling myself that and believing that myself. So it starts with believing and then telling, right. Cause okay. when we just say random things and we don't believe that, um, and so I, I guess it, this is kind of funny, but I kind of have this image of aircraft carriers, you know, they're totally self-sustainable, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which isn't to say that I don't appreciate it when other people do say nice things and all that kind of stuff. I am not like living in an island by myself, but I like the, right. that idea that they can, um, you know, it's self-fulfilling or, you know, yeah. what do they call it? Like self-sustainable, I guess is what it's called. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I can appreciate that very mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that has felt, and I think that's what drew me to coaching to begin with is that feeling that I was at the effect of all these things going on around me and these people that wanted things from me mm-hmm. and recognizing that when I could start, once I started to really evaluate my own thinking, then all of a sudden it was like this, you know, clouds parting kind of moment of, oh my gosh, I have more control than I thought I did. Yeah. Yeah. I have more like, I can own my experience a lot more. I don't have to be, and not like true victim. I'm not going to go down that path, but like a lot of times it's just easier to blame. Mm -hmm. Like, well, that's how I ended up here. And then, and kind of rewriting that script of, I am, you know, I made some choices. Maybe I agree with them. Maybe I don't, whatever, but, but I'm here today who I am today because of that. Mm. And I love that. I love the power in that. And I love like being able, knowing that I've got my own back, knowing that I can go into any situation. Yeah. I'll be fine. I'll not only fine, I can thrive. 
Yes, I love it. I love it. So, you know, I was reading this thing earlier and, you know, it really kind of resonates what you're saying uh, with with what I had heard earlier. And it's just that, you know, our brain, our behavior is basically a symptom of whatever is underlying in our brain, right? So our behavior is the effect. It's not the cause, right? So if you're acting out, if you're drinking too much, if you're doing anything that is harmful, it's the it's the effect. It's not the cause, Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the more we can dive into why we do the things we do and right. what is what is the cause, right. that's when we can find peace. You know, yes. that's when we can find peace. And we're not using alcohol to mask, you know, our mm-hmm. our feelings or to numb ourselves or mm-hmm. to escape the day or yeah. you know, all of those things. And we are not using it as a crutch in a social situation. You mm-hmm. know, we have mm-hmm. that confidence to have a conversation without feeling like we also need to be slightly right. buzzed to do it. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. They call it liquid courage. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. so, um, and yet, it really kind of, it, it does numb things and it does yeah. just kind of takes us away from the experience. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and to your point earlier, so everything that we do, there, there are circumstances in the world, things happen, right? And it, right. Like our brain takes that in and adds its interpretation to it. Yeah. And then however we're interpreting however we're interpreting that is going to determine how we feel about it. Mm. And however we feel drives what we're going to do. Yes. Yeah. So for example, like so-and-so pours a glass of wine. If I look at that and think that I'm missing out, then I'm going to feel deprived. Right. Right. So it's it's not the act of pouring the glass of wine. Mm-hmm. It is how I interpret that. Right. Oh, absolutely. Well, right. and like with me, like I I genuinely like the taste of wine. Like I mm-hmm. genuinely enjoy the smell, the taste, because mm-hmm. I have an appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. But if I'm drinking cheap bad wine just just to do it, that's not appreciating that moment. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. if you just say, I'm only going to drink if, if this occasion calls for it, or if it's what I really want, yeah. right. If I can yeah. savor that moment, if I'm just at a party and they've got a bunch of stuff out on the counter and you're just randomly pouring and there's no rhyme or reason or appreciation for it, maybe just pour yourself a water. You know, maybe just say, this isn't really going to move me forward. Right. And so, you know, it's similar to anything else. You know, if I wanted to have a a piece of chocolate, it's the same thing. I'm enjoying that piece of chocolate. But if I'm sitting here with, you know, a a bag of something in my hand and I'm just mindlessly eating, I'm not appreciating that moment either. Totally. I'm so, so, I'm cracking up that you're saying that because Yes. There's all this Halloween candy in right. my mouth now. <laughs> yes. So I can relate. I know. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you know, like I try, like I'll put like a couple little pieces of chocolate in my desk drawer, you know, mm-hmm. and that way it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to bring a bag of stuff up here, yeah. but if it's here, I'll have a piece and I'll yeah, enjoy yeah. it. But yeah, but yeah it's, it's one of those things. Intentionality makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, you know, your steps of, of planning it out and being intentional and then just mm-hmm. really just 
savoring it and enjoying it for what it is mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. versus doing it mindlessly, I think is the right. key, you right. know, right. and, right. and not, you know, like you were saying the shitty parts of, of drinking, you know, that's mm-hmm. the, it's the over drinking. It's, yeah, it's the, the over drinking went beyond yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. And now I'm suffering as a result. Right. 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 And, and it's not just the physical suffering. It's also yeah. the, it's the mental beat down that we give ourselves, which oh, is yeah. awful. Right, like right. If After I'm so night. smart, why haven't I figured this out? Right, exactly. Yeah, or it's the, the oh my God, did I make an ass out of myself? Oh, well, what did yeah. I say? Oh, yeah. you know, did I behave badly? Oh, you know, am I okay to drive or should I call in, you know, mm-hmm. an Uber or Lyft or something? And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's all those decisions that are made after you start drinking that, you know, if you just plan, I'm going to have a glass of wine. I know that I will metabolize, you know, the average adult metabolizes, you know, um, I think it's one and a half glasses or one and a half alcohol drinks per hour. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you can stay on track with that, you should be okay. But if you Mm -hmm. are drinking faster than your body is metabolizing it, not a good situation. Right. And so, you know, it's all about pacing and tracking and being intentional and understanding what it is that you're doing before you start doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I I will say like to that point about beating up afterward or, you know, the self the inner mean girl is what I like to mm-hmm. say is um, I typically work with type a oh, yeah. high achieving, high achieving women. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, like our high standards that we utilize in order to succeed in business, in our careers, with our families, mm-hmm. all that stuff that comes back and hurts us when we are trying to drink less. Oh, yeah. Because we are the first ones to say, you know, I got to do this better. I'm such an idiot or, you know, whatever that language is, right. I got I've got high standards. I need to be tough on myself. Mm-hmm. This, this works in other areas. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. happens with drinking less is we eventually like our primitive brain kicks in is like, mm, we should have a drink and get rid of all this negative noise. <laughs> right. <laughs> Here's your escape hatch to mm. like, get rid of this. Mm-hmm. And, and so that becomes another neural pathway. Yeah, absolutely. And so recognizing that that's playing out and that, you know, is is the first thing because typically my clients will say, well, that, and it invalid, true. It does. It has worked in other areas. Yeah. It doesn't work in this one. Right. Right. Yeah. That's good. Absolutely. So what would, what advice would you give your 18 year old self? So um, I love that you asked this because I have a 17-year-old. Yes. <laughs> um, that uh, First and foremost, that you're not alone and yeah. that everybody else around you feels like it's important to fit in as well. Mm. And that, so it's, you're not alone and yet you're a star. You are mm. perfect and unique exactly the way that you are. And so don't try to smooth out the points of your star in order to fit into the round hole. Oh, I love it. That's so good. And um, so like live out your uniqueness and yeah. and it it will all work out. Yeah, I love it. That's great advice for your 17-year-old. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And and alcohol is one of those things where I feel like we do to fit in. So yep. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what do you wish more people knew? Um, I wish that more people knew that you didn't have to have a drinking problem in order to get help. Oh yeah. That's that great. It's okay. Mm-hmm. To um, what I found is that 
because I don't work with alcoholics. I don't, I don't work in that arena. Sure. Um, and I think that the distinction there is that, um, like my clients know that they are not liking what results they're getting from their drinking and they okay. have tried a bunch of different things. They are not getting the traction that they're looking for. And so it's just similar to like, we bought a guitar a couple of years ago and thought mm -hmm. we were going to learn online and stuff like that. It, it, no, <laughs> <laughs> didn't happen. Still mm -hmm. hasn't happened. Yeah. So if I had gotten a coach, if I'd gotten a instructor, I probably would have figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really would just wasn't, it hasn't been a high priority. Maybe that's something I would pick up. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just like with anything else that um, people can definitely figure this out on their own, but if they have tried a number of different things and they're not getting the traction that they need, then, um, you know, there are now there are mm -hmm. options other than just the abstinence only model of AA yeah. and rehab. And so that has really been my messaging. That's really been my ambition is to create awareness that there are options. Yeah. Yeah. There are choices now. I love that. Yeah. Because, um, you know, not like I said, not everybody wants to completely quit. They don't feel right. like they have a drinking problem. Right. They right. just don't want, you know, to feel horrible and right. they don't want to over drink. And, no. and there's nothing wrong with cutting back on all that. Mm -mm. And, you know, mm -mm. it really is just about taking those steps that you mentioned and really planning it out and, and being intentional about it and yep. making sure that you're being accountable to yourself. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. I love the accountability afterwards. Because yeah. it really is. It's a reckoning, right? It's the, it's mm -hmm. the, you know, if this matters to me, why aren't I keeping my promises to myself? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes so. we don't want to look and I get that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been really enjoyable. Thank you yeah. so much. I've really enjoyed our conversation today. I have too. I have too. And I hope our audience is learning a lot. Yeah, good. And I do have, I've got a free stopover drinking course. It's an awesome. email course that, you know, any of your listeners are welcome to. Okay. Um, so and how can have, they find that? That is, I can give you the links. Okay. Um, it's on my website. It's okay, Caroline Holke coaching.com. Okay. Um, so it's on there, but I'll give you the link to it, but it's just an email course that, so you don't have to sign up on a particular time or date or whatever it's delivered to you. Awesome. And, um, yeah, you can watch it as many times as you want. Very cool. Well, I will make sure to put all that information on our website too. So yeah. um, thank you again, Caroline. This has yeah, been a thank pleasure. You. So thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of the Pretty Powerful Podcast. This is Angela Janeri and all of Caroline Holke's information will be on the prettypowerfulpodcast.com. So please do check us out, like, subscribe, and share. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day. Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time. And until then, step into your own power.